Section 13 of Sam Lawson's Old Town Fireside Stories by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Section 13 The Parson's Racehorse. Well, now, this year does beat all. I wouldn't have thought it of the deacon so spoke sam lawson drooping in a discouraged contemplative attitude in front of an equally discouraged looking horse that had just been brought to him by the widow simpkins for medical treatment among sam's many accomplishments he was reckoned in the neighborhood an oracle in all matters of this kind especially by women whose helplessness in meeting such emergencies found unfailing solace under his compassionate willingness to attend to any business that did not strictly belong to him and from which no pecuniary return was to be expected the widow simpkins had bought this horse of deacon atkins apparently a fairly well-appointed brute and capable as he was good-looking a short easy drive when the deacon held the reins had shown off his points to advantage and the widow's small stock of ready savings had come forth freely in payment for what she thought was a bargain when soon after coming into possession she discovered that her horse if driven with any haste panted in a fearful manner and that he appeared to be growing lame she waxed wroth and went to the deacon in anger to be met only with the smooth reminder that the animal was all right when she took him that she had seen him tried herself the widow was of a nature somewhat spicy and expressed herself warmly it's a cheat and a shame and i'll take the law on you what law will you take said the unmoved deacon wasn't it a fair bargain i'll take the law of god said the widow with impotent indignation and she departed to pour her cares and trials into the ever-ready ear of sam having assumed the care of the animal he now sat contemplating it in a sort of trance of melancholy reflection why boys he broke out why didn't she come to me afore she bought this critter why i knew all about him that there critter was just ruined a year ago last summer when tom the deacon's boy there come home from college tom driv him over to sherburne and back that there hot fourth of july remember it cause i saw the critter when he come home i sot out with tom taking care of him all night that there critter had the thumps all night and he ain't never been good for nothing since i telled the deacon he was a gone hoss then and wouldn't never be good for nothing the deacon he took off his shoes and let him run to pasture all summer and he's been a feedin and nursin on him up and now he's put him off on the widder i wouldn't a thought it of the deacon why this hoss'll never be no good to her that there's a used-up critter any fool may see he'll maybe do for about a quarter of an hour on a smooth road but come to drive him as the body wants to drive why he blows like a bellicist and the deacon knew it must a known it why sam we exclaimed ain't the deacon a good man well now there's where the shoe pinches in a general way the deacon is a good man he's considerable more than middlin good generally he adorns his profession on most points it don't have nothing again the deacon and this year ain't a bit like him but there it is come to hosses there's where the unsanctified nature comes out 
folks'll cheat about horses when they won't about most nothing else and sam leaned back on his cold forge now empty of coal and seemed to deliver himself to a mournful train of general reflection yes hosses does seem to be sort of unregenerate critters he broke out there's nothing about hosses that deceives the very elect the best folks gets tripped up when they come to dealin hosses why sam is there anything bad in hosses we interjected timidly tain't the hosses boys said sam with solemnity lordy massy the hosses is all right enough Horses is scriptural animals. Elijah went up to heaven in a chariot with horses, and then all them lots of horses in the revelations, black and white and red and all sorts of colors. That there shows horses goes to heaven, but it's more than the folks that have em is likely to, if they don't look out. Ministers now, continued Sam in a soliloquizing vein, folks allers thinks it's something sort of shaky in a minister to have much to do with hosses sure to get em into trouble there was old parson williams of north billricky got into a dreadful mess about a hoss lordy massy he weren't to blame neither but he got into the dreadfulest scrape you ever heard on come nigh to unsettling him oh sam tell us all about it we boys shouted delighted with the prospect of a story well wait now till i get off this critter's shoes and we'll take him up to pasture and then we can kind of sit by the river and fish hepsy wanted a mess of fish for supper and i was calculating to get some for her you boys go and be digging bait and get your lines and so as we were sitting tranquilly beside the charles river watching our lines sam's narrative began you see boys parson williams He's dead now, but when I was a boy, he was one of the great men around here. He writ books. He writ a tract again the Armenians and put them down, and he writ a big book on the millennium. I've got that there book now, and he was a smart preacher. Folks said he had invitations to settle in Boston, and there ain't no doubt he might have had a Boston parish if he'd have been a mind to take it but he'd got a good settlement and a handsome farm in north billricky and didn't care to move thought i suppose that twas better to be number one in a little place than number two in a big un anyway he carried all before him where he was parson williams was a tall straight personable man come of a good family father and granther before him all ministers he was pretty up and down and commanding in his ways and things had to go pretty much as he said he was a good deal sought by parson williams was and his wife was a derby one of them rich salem derbies and brought him a lot of money and so they lived pretty easy and comfortable so far as this world's goods go well now the parson wasn't really what you call worldly-minded but then he was one of them folks that knows what's good in temporals as well as spirituals and allers liked to have the best that there was going and he allers had an eye to a good hoss now there was parson adams and parson scranton and most of the other ministers they didn't know and didn't care what hoss they had just jogged round with these here pounding pot-bellied sleepy critters that ministers mostly has 
good enough to crawl round to funerals and ministers meetings and associations and such but parson williams he allers would have a hoss as was a hoss he looked out for blood and when these here vermont fellers would come down with a drove the parson he had his eyes open and knew what was what could none of em cheat him on hoss flesh and so one time when zack buell was down with the drove the doctor he bought the best hoss in the lot zack said he never see a parson afore that he couldn't cheat but he said the doctor really knew as much as he did and got the very one he'd meant to a-keep for himself dish here hoss was a peeler i tell you they called him tamerlane from some heathen feller or other the boys called him tam for short tam was a great character all the fellers for miles round knew the doctor's tam and used to come clear over from other parishes to see him well this year sot up cuff's back high i'll tell you cuff was the doctor's nigger man and he was naturally a dreadful proud critter the way he would swell and strut and brag about the doctor and his folks and his things the doctor used to give cuff his cast-off clothes and cuff would prance round in em and seem to think he was a doctor of divinity himself and had the charge of all nature well cuff he really made an idol of that there hoss a regular graven image and bowed down and worshipped him he didn't think nothing was too good for him he washed and brushed and curried him and rubbed him down till he shone like a lady's satin dress and he took pride in riding and driving him cause it was what the doctor wouldn't let nobody else do but himself you see tam weren't no lady's hoss miss williams was as afraid as death of him and the parson he had to get her a sort of low-spirited critter that she could drive herself but he liked to drive tam and he liked to go round the country on his back and a fine figure of a man he was on him too he didn't let nobody else back him or handle the reins but cuff and cuff was dreadful set up about it and he swelled and bragged about that there horse all round the country nobody couldn't put in a word about any other hoss without cuff's feathers would be all up stiff as a tom turkey's tail and that's how cuff got the doctor into trouble you see there naturally was others that thought they'd got horses and didn't want to be crowed over there was bill atkins out to the west parish and ike sanders that kept a stable up to Peekhoo holler they was down a-looking at the parson's hoss and a-betting on theirn and a-darin cuff to race with him well cuff he couldn't stand it and when the doctor's back was turned he'd be off on the sly and they'd have their race and tam he'd beat em all tam you see boys was a hoss that couldn't and wouldn't have a hoss ahead of him he just wouldn't if he dropped down dead in his tracks the next minute he would be ahead and he allers got ahead and so his name got up and fellers kept coming to try their horses and cuff would take tam out to race with first one and then another till this year got to be a regular thing and begun to be talked about folks sort of wondered if the doctor knew but cuff was sly as a weasel and allers had a story ready for every turn cuff was one of them fellers that could talk a bird off a bush master hand he was to slick things over there was folks as said they believed the doctor was knowing to it and that he felt a sort of carnal pride such as a minister oughtn't fur to have and so shut his eyes to what was going on aunt sally nickerson said she was sure on it 
"'Twas all talked over down to old Miss Bummerger's funeral, "'and Aunt Sally, she said the church ought to look into it. "'But everybody knew Aunt Sally. "'She was allers watching for folks' haltings "'and setting on herself up to judge her neighbors. "'Well, I never believed nothing against Parson Williams. "'It was all Cuff's contrivances.' but the fact was the fellers all got their blood up and there was horse racing in all the parishes and it got so they'd even race horses a sunday well of course they never got the doctor's horse out of sunday cuff wouldn't have durst to do that lordy massy no he's always there in church sitting up in the doctor's clothes rolling up his eyes and looking as pious as if he never thought of racing horses he was an awful solemn-looking nigger in church, Cuff was. But there was a lot of them fellers up to Piku Holler, Bill Atkins and Ike Sanders and Tom Peters and them hokum boys used to go out at a meeting Sunday afternoon and race horses. You see, it was just close to the state line, and if the selectmen was to come down on them, they could just whip over the line, and they couldn't take them. Well, it got to be a great scandal. The fellers talked about it up to the tavern, and the deacons and the tithing man, they took it up and went to Parson Williams about it. And the parson, he told em just to keep still, not let the fellers know that they was being watched. And next Sunday, he and the tithing man and the constable, they'd ride over and catch him in the very act. So, next Sunday afternoon, Parson Williams and Deacon Popkins and Ben Bradley, he was constable that year. They got on their horses and rode over to Piku Holler. The doctor's blood was up, and he meant to come down on em strong, for that was his way of doing in his parish. And they was in a sort of day of judgment frame of mind, and jogged along solemn as a hearse, till, come to rise the hill above the holler, they see three or four fellers with their horses getting ready to race. And the parson says he, Let's come on quiet and get behind these bushes. And we'll see what they're up to and catch em in the act. But the mischief on it was that Ike Sanders see em coming, and he knowed Tam in a minute. Ike knowed Tam of old, and he just tipped the wink to the rest. Wait, boys, says he, let em get close up, and then I'll give the word, and the doctor's horse will be racing ahead like thunder. Well, so the doctor and his folks, they drew up behind the bushes and stood there innocent as could be and saw him getting ready to start. Tam, he begun to snuffle and paw, but the doctor never mistrusted what he was up to till Ike sung out, Go it, boys! And the horses all started, when sure as you live, boys, Tam give one fly and was over the bushes and in among em, going it like chain lightning ahead of em all. Deacon Popkins and Ben Bradley just stood and held their breath to see em all going it so like thunder, and the doctor, he was took so sudden it was all he could do to just hold on anyways, so away he went, and trees and bushes and fences streaked by him like ribbons. His hat flew off behind him, and his wig at her, and got catched in a barberry bush, but lordy massy, he couldn't stop to think of them. He just leaned down and caught Tam around the neck and held on for dear life till they come to the stopping place. Well, Tam was ahead of them all, sure enough, and was snorting and snuffling as if he'd got the very old boy in him and was up to racing some more on the spot. That there Ike Sanders was the impudentest feller that ever you see, 
and he roared and rawhawed at the doctor good for you parson says he you beat us all holler says he takes a parson for that don't it boys he said and then he and ike and tom and the two hokum boys they just roared and danced round like wild critters well now only thing on it boys what a situation that there was for the minister a man that had come out with the best of motives to put a stop to sabbath breaking there he was all rumpled up and dusty and his wig hanging in the bushes <laughs> and these here ungodly fellers getting the laugh on him and all because of that there hoss there's times boys when ministers must be tempted to swear if there ain't preventin grace and this was one of them times to parson williams they say he got red in the face and looked as if he should bust but he didn't say nothing he scorned to answer the sons of zariah was too hard for him and he let em have their say but when they'd got through and ben had brought him his hat and wig and brushed and settled him again the parson he says well boys you've had your say and your laugh but i warn you now i won't have this thing going on here any more says he so mind yourselves well the boys see that the doctor's blood was up and they rode off pretty quiet and i believe they never raced no more in that spot but there ain't no telling the talk this year thing made folks will talk you know and there weren't a house in all bill ricky nor in the south parish nor center where it weren't had over and discussed there was the deacon and ben bradley was there to witness and show just how the thing was and that the doctor was just in the way of his duty but folks said it made a great scandal that a minister had no business to have that kind of hoss and that he'd give the enemy occasion to speak reproachfully it really did seem as if tam's sins was imputed to the doctor and folks said he ought to sell tam right away and get a sober minister's hoss but others said it was cuff that had got tam into bad ways and they do say that cuff had to catch it pretty lively when the doctor come to settle with him cuff thought his time had come sure enough and was so scared that he turned blacker than ever he got enough to cure him hoss racing for one while but cuff got over it after a while and so did the doctor lordy massy they ain't nothing lasts forever wait long enough and most everything blows over so it turned out about the doctor there was a rumpus and a fuss and folks talked and talked and advised everybody had their say but the doctor kept right straight on and kept his house all the same the ministers they took it up in the association but come to tell the story it saw them all a laughing so they couldn't be very hard on the doctor the doctor felt sort of streaked at first when they told the story on him he didn't just like it but he got used to it and finally when he was twitted on it he'd sort of smile and say anyway tam beat him that's one comfort end of section thirteen the parson's racehorse read by michelle fry july 2015